Hello and welcome to the ID Talk Podcast. My name is Peter Counter and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Fine Biometrics, which recently reported on the Identiverse Conference in Colorado. Our own Doug O'Gordon was on the show floor at the event, speaking to the leaders in biometrics and identity, and that's why on this special episode of ID Talk, he interviews Mark DeFreya, Executive Vice President at Kuma, and Michael McGrath, Managing Director of the firm's digital identity practice. Kuma is a Kantara Initiative-approved accredited assessor for the organization's trust stamp for NIST's 863-3 Digital Identity Guidelines. McGrath and DeFeria break down why that framework is so important and how the kind of identity assurance that their company evaluates is seeing growing demand in the healthcare market. They expand on Kuma's privacy practice and the importance of participating in industry education initiatives before looking to the near future as we prepare for the next draft of NIST's key identity assurance framework. It's a fascinating conversation about an increasingly crucial branch of our industry, so here it is. Fine Biometrics' Doug O'Gordon in conversation with Kuma's Michael McGrath and Mark DeFreya recorded live at Identiverse. Hi, Fine Biometrics listeners, Doug O'Gordon here. I'm at Identiverse 2022. I am sitting with Michael McGrath, who's the Managing Director of Digital Identity Practice, and Mark DeFria, who's the SMB... Go to market SMB want to call for digital identity. There you go. And, and Michael and Mark are both with Kuma. How are you guys today? Uh, excellent. Fantastic. Good show. Yeah, it's been Very a lot of fun show. to see yeah. everybody finally again. It yes. is. Um, what are you showcasing here at Identiverse? Sure. Michael? So, so you know who we are. Um, got yes. two guys here. Michael, how Thank are you? you? Thank you, Doug. So Kuma uh, is a consulting firm, um, and we have uh, three different lines, um, security, privacy, and digital identity. So as you mentioned, I'm the digital identity uh, lead, and we are showcasing our certification uh, capabilities. We are a uh, accredited assessor under the Kantara Initiative uh, to certify companies at NIST uh, 863.3-3 and um, we so we have many of our customers are in here exhibiting and mm-hmm. out in the uh, hallway so we're there's a lot of activity going on um, in the marketplace uh, outside of requirements for by the federal government for NIST 863 certification uh, it's kind of creeped into other industries like healthcare uh, even automotive and uh, a lot of the states have started writing that certification into their RFP requirements. So, so it's no longer a want, it's a need, yeah. and you help people stay in compliance with this, what's the, what's the standard again? Uh, it's uh, NIST 863.3. Awesome. Yes. Um, well, t- tell us more about that, your, your entire identity, maybe go through sure. the identity program that you're yes. promoting. and. Uh, you know, the other services you might provide. Sure. So, so there's really uh, three areas that we're focused on on the certi- certification side. Uh, in addition to the NIST certification, um, this week uh, we're actually going to be sending out a press release very soon. Uh, we were uh, uh, 
notified by the Digital Identity and Authentication Council of Canada that we're the first assessor and readiness advisor for the Pan-Canadian Trust Framework. Um, so this is a digital identity ecosystem um, that's been in development. The Trust Framework's been in development for about 10 years. Uh, for the last six to eight months, they've been working diligently on what they call the Voila Verified uh, Trustmark Program. So we're gonna be uh, assessing companies uh, for uh, to be awarded trust marks by the DIAC. So we're the first and only. And you're global then? I mean, you've been global, or this is your first initiative? Uh, well, first initiative outside the US, okay. and, and the UK government is actually uh, in a beta stage of a uh, digital identity and attributes trust framework. Um, and we plan to be an assessor for that framework as well. Uh, we're not there yet, but sure. coming soon. Well, to interview somebody knowing the standards and certifications is always interesting. So I got a few questions that maybe you can elaborate on. Sure. Um, this year we've seen a major demand growth for identity and biometrics in the air travel, hospitality, and retail sectors, as well as the hybrid remote workplace. Um, what are the vertical markets you're seeing the most traction in, in 2022 and in your category or business sure. yeah in, in our category um, you know outside of the your typical vendors here at Identiverse uh, that are in the identity space I had mentioned healthcare um, there's a requirement um, by US Health and Human Services uh, for their uh, uh, TEFCA program their trust framework exchange program um, requiring this global assurance uh, excuse me requiring NIST 863-3 assurance for their identity assurance level two and authentication assurance level two. If I could jump in yes, on that. Yes, please do. You know, um, what we're seeing too is a pickup in interest in that kind of certification in multiple verticals. And it's almost like a which vertical isn't gonna want this, this kind of yep. level of, mm -hmm. of scrutiny and protection in place. Sure. For, for what they're doing. You know, so all of the vendors that you see here going around the floor, at some point or other, are all going to be picking up certifications. 863-3. Kind of we should just put that on my forehead. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. everybody is now waiting for the new one to drop. There's a new draft coming out called 63-4, very cleverly titled 63-4, which is going to be the next version of that. And given all the things that have been going on in the marketplace, all eyes are on NIST to see what this looks like. Mm -hmm. But while this is happening, there's a continued momentum towards markets that don't have specific regulations that they have to follow that are being dictated by their market, gravitating to what's coming out of the federal government and what's happening in these areas. So it all trickles down, right? It all trickles From the government. down. It's, it's, it's the, you know, the best of the best. We don't have our own. Let's align to that one because it's going to put us in a good place. Sure. Which so, segues, into my, segues into my next question. With increasing regulations around privacy and high-profile controversies affecting public public perception around biometrics and identity, there's a widespread notion that education's the key to, to continued success. Mm -hmm. Lunch is here, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, it's hard to compete with that, isn't it? How does your organization approach educating users on the safe, ethical use of biometrics and identity? Sure. And, you, yeah. I, you want me to take that one, Mike? Uh, yeah, you, you can start and I, I can fill in. All right, great. That's well, we've, we've got such a robust privacy practice uh, and it's really fun to see the things that they've been a part of. 
uh, growing customer bases around things like HIEs, other health networks, um, uh, other verticals where we help stand up privacy offices, you know, for the first time, uh, including some state governments where they're you know, putting a state privacy office together, helping them install that, write the initial policies, build the governance, help them maintain it. And one of the new really exciting things is we have an education platform that can be used to help keep the employees and the members of one of these organizations up to speed on what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how to stay on the right side of privacy as an interactive education module that you can interact with online. So mm. companies can work with us, have it customized, and deploy it to their workforces and make sure that everybody understands what we're all trying to do. Awesome. Anything to add to that? Uh, the only thing I would add is, you know, from a thought leadership perspective, we, we participate in different organizations. Um, I mentioned the DIAC in Canada, so they've done a uh, whole blog series on educating the Canadian consumers on what digital identity is and privacy aspects and environmental aspects. Hmm. Cool. Well, um, my last question is, what's next? What's happening in 2022, the second half of this year? You got any crystal ball uh um, perceptions? Well, as Mark had, had mentioned, um, NIST is coming out with a draft of 863 4. Um, that's uh, been delayed a little bit. Uh, last I've heard, at least on their roadmap, we're looking at uh, late September okay. of this year for the initial draft. And then um, they'll be getting some input from, from uh, really the general public and vendors alike. Um, and then the final version would be expected sometime in 2023. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how that rolls out because it's, you, you know, Mike mentioned it is, it's delayed a bit, but it's delayed for good reason. You know, obviously the media cycles over the last few months around things like biometrics and access and equitable access have been front of mind for everybody, especially at the government level. So I think NIST has really taken the steps to say, let's pause and make sure mm -hmm. that what we draft here, what we put out is got all of its eyes wide open with regard to all the things that are going on around us so that the next draft can really address what the market needs. And that's one of the big things that we we're expecting anyway before all of this news cycle because there are so many innovative things going on in the world of identity proofing and authentication that are all trying to find new creative ways of achieving the level of trust and assurance we all want but necessarily don't always fall within the hard confines of a framework that's that's out there today. So I think they're trying to hear everybody and make sure what comes up next really can bring everybody in and allow all these vertical yeah, markets Everybody to say, can use it. This is for us, we can apply it, it makes yeah. sense, where we can live with it. Yeah, right. and, I, and, and just to, to add to that, I, I think you're gonna see some activity coming out of the US government. Um, there's a there's a initiative to uh, open up databases um, as authoritative sources. The governments of the healthcare databases. No, the, the governments kind of are the the governments are the authoritative source of identity. Yep. Okay, they issue your birth certificate, they issue social security number, etc. Today, in this room, it's you know a lot of document verification, and then um, uh, facial matching uh, to onboard people into services. Sure. Leveraging government databases would be would augment those solutions. Okay, it's not a replacement, but it's an augmentation. So, if I'm opening up a bank account today, I can, with consent, the bank can verify my social security number with the Social Security Administration. Uh, that's their electronic consent. That would speed uh, things up. Yeah, it, it will. It will, and it will. Uh, 
it will really attack identity theft and synthetic identity theft, which which is really a top of mind concern for the Federal Reserve. Right now. Yeah, and there's also a complementary movement that's happening at the state level. So. Uh, we also work closely with a group called AMVA, the, the, the American Association of Motor Vehicle yeah. Administrators. Um, and they are moving forward on their mobile driver's license. May 3rd, trust May 3rd, 2023 is the... Is that the date? That's that the deadline that? for real ID. For, oh, right, of course. For, uh, so now they're moving towards mobile driver's license issuance. Right. Many states have programs that they've already Arizona, piloted. I think, maybe. Arizona's way out there in the lead. They've done some interesting things with Apple, the Apple Wallet. Yeah. Um, and some of the vendors that... Um, play a role in the driver's license space, but behind all of that, it's really about trying to take the trustworthiness of all the identity proofing and authentication that's been done by our DMVs to give us our most trustworthy credential in the physical space and make it portable and digitally enabled. Sure. So later this year, there'll be some things that AMVA pilots will start making mobile driver's licenses work, but it's a step towards the way that those trusted uh, issuing authorities can participate in this digital space as well. Yeah. So it's going to get really exciting here. It is an exciting industry. Yeah, there's a lot. What's out. the best way to get a hold of you, Michael? I'll, I'll throw it to Michael to close. He's leading the. He's leading the. He's uh, leading the pack. Pack on this uh, initiative. Yeah, it's Mike, we trust. So and how, we, how do they get a hold of you? How do my listeners get a hold of you oh, well, if uh, they want to? Well, our website. Talk more? Our website is kuma k u m a dot p r o pro. Uh, my name Michael McGrath. Uh, Michael dot McGrath m a g r a t h at kuma dot pro. Awesome. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn. Find me and uh, connect. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you very Have much. Have a great show. Thank you. And so concludes our conversation with Kuma's Michael McGrath and Mark DeFreya, recorded at Identiverse. To learn more about the topics in this episode, visit kuma.pro. And for more identity expert interviews from Identiverse, stay posted to findbiometrics.com. Thank you to Michael and Mark for participating in this episode, and thank you to Doug O'Gordon for conducting the interview. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk Podcast. Mm-hmm.